Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the co-founder and president of the Business of Cannabis. This is B of C Live for Monday, June 29th, 2020. B of C Live is a video and podcast production of the Business of Cannabis. Since 2017, through our web, social, video, and podcast channels, as well as real-world and virtual events, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis industry. We encourage you to explore all that we do at businessofcannabis.ca. All B of C Lives are available via podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to subscribe and rate this uh, as soon as you subscribe. We appreciate it. It helps us do what we do. Coming up, our weekly Ask the Experts segment with our partners at CanDelta. This week, Chris Lavoie, who is an associate consultant at CanDelta, will be joining us. Here's what we're up to this week on B of C. Today, obviously, on businessofcannabis.ca, you can see our weekly news roundup from last week. Tomorrow, we'll have our weekly benchmarks update. And because both Canada Day and Independence Day are this week, we'll be on a reduced schedule, so you'll be seeing a bit of best of B of C back and forth this week. As always, follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram to see what we're up to. You can always visit us at businessofcannabis.ca. We want to take time to thank our ongoing partners, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, CanDelta, and BDSA for their ongoing support of Business of Cannabis. And as always, we are protected by our partners at Alcet. Up next, a conversation with Chris Lavoie of CanDelta. Enjoy. Chris Lefois, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jay. Every Monday, we ask the experts at CanDelta, our regulatory advisory partner at Business of Cannabis. You are the expert today, and, and you are experting from Nova Scotia, I'm told. Is that true? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Day two of self-isolation. Yeah, it's pretty serious. Well, the, the isolation part is pretty serious, and they are um, taking their geographic advantage uh, they're, they're advocating for their advantage and keeping yes, people uh, distant, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we have a question this week that came in that I'm going to pose to you, and then we'll discuss it. Is that okay? Sounds great. Here it goes. How has the cannabis retail market in Ontario changed since the establishment of an open era? And what changes, uh, what changes do you see coming ahead, coming down the line, I guess? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question, very timely, as the Ontario cannabis retail market is experiencing tremendous change, as we know. So just in 2020 alone, obviously, we've moved from the lottery era where we had mid-20s in terms of store count. Now, you know, January 2nd, we opened the, or January 6th, sorry, we opened up uh, the applications to unlimited ROLs. And we've had over a 1,000 ROL applications just in 2020 alone, which is so, pretty exciting. So for an idiot. Retail right. Operator License, yes? ROL. Yeah, right. Got it. I won't speak an abbreviation. <laughs> <laughs> you can. I'm just going to stop you to, to make sure I know what they mean. Yeah, absolutely. So ROL focuses on the, the, the individuals and the business associated with the cannabis retail store. And then on March 2nd, the AGCO opened up uh, the open market for retail store authorizations, or RSA, which focuses more on the physical store itself, the security systems, its location, um, and uh, security systems alike. So. Um, since the open establishment of the open market, we've had a, a massive influx of applications. So as I mentioned, over a thousand ROLs have been submitted and over 500 RSAs have been submitted. And so the early risers who submitted 
on those deadlines, January 6th and March 2nd, had a huge competitive advantage in establishing their market presence, which they're reaping the benefits now. So, you know, some of our clients who submitted on March 2nd were open within two months, which is fantastic. But uh, now that if you're submitting an application now, it's, it's very different. So it's going to take you a lot longer, um, which is a, a huge challenge. But in terms of the three things that I see um, changing significantly is, you know, the level of competition, obviously. How do you establish your brand in a crowded market? And so you'll continuously hear people say that the serious players, those who are well prepared, are going to be the ones who thrive and survive. Right. You know, like any business in any type of industry, not everyone's going to survive when they try to set up shop. So I think there was a perception that because there is going to be a huge demand for cannabis consumers that you simply just had to open up a shop and that was going to be suffice. But uh, people are figuring out pretty quickly that that's, that's not the case. Yeah, it's that. And on top of all the things you just said between January 2nd or March 6th, whatever it is. And now, but all those dates and now. Things have changed dramatically, and we talk about it a lot, both with the CanDelta experts and some of the folks we've had on, even on the technology front, and retailers themselves. Like the actual way you can conduct retail now is different, obviously, with social distancing, but also e-commerce and curbside and delivery, which has made a challenging environment just to get an ROL or an RSA and getting a store open actually more challenging to operate because you're not operating necessarily just a brick and mortar store. You're operating a lot more than that. And so how are you seeing sort of that change over time and the, the sort of, I don't know if it's a $10,000 question or a put me out of business question, but the idea, like, are these things going to stay in place, the, the sort of e-commerce component of this? Right. So that's, that is a huge question. The, they just announced that the emergency orders were going to extend till July 15th. So everything is good for a few weeks at least, but everyone wants to know what the government is going to do. I think it was a great trial period for private retailers to show that they're more than capable of complying with everything that the government is laying out for them and, and thriving. You know, obviously the OCS having that uh, monopoly on being able to sell online was a big point of contention for private retailers throughout the, the, the province. So the hope is that they're going to allow private retailers to continue. Um, it's yet to be seen if that's going to be the case, but I think all signs are pointing to them allowing it based on how successful it's been. You know, if you think about how quickly private retailers were able to establish their e-commerce platforms, get drivers ready, trained to do this safely. We haven't heard any major complaints coming out about any foul play from any of the private retailers doing curbside delivery and, and online sales. So and if you look at the websites that these private retailers have put up in a matter of days, it's phenomenal. And it really speaks to, you know, how, you know, you know, resourceful the, the cannabis industry has been in Canada and just you know, there, we're not, we have to play by the rules and the timelines given to us. And so people have proven that they can absolutely do that. So I would expect that they will extend it, but um, you know, that remains to be seen from the government standpoint. Yeah. It's also, I mean, we could talk about this on a, a different, a next acts the experts, but the idea that the Ontario cannabis store data, they released their data for the first sort of full year yes. and the pricing that they can charge and that a retailer just by way of not, wanting to go bankrupt has to charge is, is uh, the monopoly is, is strengthening uh, in terms of the pricing component. And, and how do we talk about that? And, and I, I would like to actually, I, there are some questions that have come in. So we'll actually get to those in future times because it, while everything you said is correct and, the, and the, the world is opening up for private retail, the pricing model from the wholesaler, if it was just a wholesaler is one thing, if it's a wholesaler and a competitor, it's, it's yet something else. Absolutely. No, that's huge. And, and what you'd see in that OCS report is, the illicit market is still thriving. I think that was a big number that shocked us. Uh, you know, 
only 81% of the Ontario market is still being captured by the illicit market. I think that shocked a lot of people. So that speaks to the need for an increase in the number of retail stores, which is another big thing that we're obviously seeing is more stores. But based on the AGCO's government mandated licensing rate of five RSAs per week or 20 a month, it's going to take us until fall of 2020 to the 1400 store mark, which a lot of people are the number will need to suppress a little. Uh, there's a lot of people trying to get the AGCO to speed up that licensing rate. Um, so that's another big thing that uh, we hear a lot about. Yeah. Well, Chris, I really appreciate the time because I think this is, these are obviously not only important conversations, but they are really upon us in real time. And that's um, always good to sort of capture that real time moment, but also from experts that are in it uh, every day, all day. So thanks for joining us and we'll connect with uh, the Can Delta team next Monday. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jay. Thanks, Chris. Cheers.